Public CEO Report is a podcast that provides insights about the public sector and public policy for the benefit of decision makers and leaders powering our communities. I'm your host, writer Todd Smith, and today we're joined by Joseph Porcelli of Nextdoor. Welcome, Joseph. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. So let's cut right into it real quick. What is Nextdoor? Sure. So we are a we are the neighborhood hub, and our purpose is to create neighborhoods where everyone can rely on across the world. So neighbors use Nextdoor for all kinds of things, from getting recommendations to lending a hand to their neighbors. Um, people have been doing that since actually since we started, but more so recently with COVID, where people are you know running an er- running errands for each other. You know, this winter they've been shoveling snow for their neighbors. Um, and they're doing all kinds of things to be helpful. Uh, on the other side of that is neighbors receive updates from our public agency partners. So there's about 5,500 of them around the world, and we operate in 11 countries. And those partners, and about 25,000 communicators, use Nextdoor as a means to reach out to neighbors and let them know what's happening in their neighborhoods, how what neighbors um, can do to help address problems in their neighborhoods, and how they can work together to improve quality of life, satisfaction, and trust. So uh, you started hitting some metrics there around size, all right? And our audience is typically going to be city managers or city government sure. folks and some um, elected officials as well. But they could all span, you know, up and down the spectrum of uh, go- layers of government. So let's, let's focus here, just the United States, since our audience is primarily here. In the United States, does this include the federal government, state governments, counties, cities, water districts? Who's using that platform as a public agency partner? Yeah, sure. So public agency partners range. We're primarily local government. So lots of cities and towns and counties. Uh, We work with governors, state emergency management, state police, uh, state fire marshals. We also have organizations such as transportation, public health, consumer protection, people's council, insurance administrations, you name it. Um, We do also work with a couple federal agencies. Um, The census used the platform most recently and to help get the word out about the census and there's there's essentially two platforms there's Nextdoor for public agencies which is our free government interface that city and county administrative um, agencies use along with city as along with police fire and emergency management um, the city county page can have um, basically every department so there's a distinction on Nextdoor there's the page itself which is, let's just say, the city of Annapolis in Maryland, where I live. And so there are different communicators from different departments that have author or communicator profiles, and they communicate, most folks communicate as themselves. So Nextdoor is a little different, where it's it's more about the person representing the department. It's like if you go to a community meeting, right, you don't say, I am the city of whatever, your, your name, your title, and you have conversations with members. Um, so that that's a little bit different. Now, for years, we um, didn't allow special districts or other types of like private utilities, so on and so forth, federal agencies to have access to the platform. So we created what's now called the service provider platform that allows those agencies, it's a fee-based subscription system to communicate to the next door members uh, that didn't have access before. So for example, um, like state health departments didn't have access, right? Because we only had police, fire, emergency management, and governors, they can have access to the service provider platform. Um, You know, other federal agencies can have access. Special districts can have access through the service provider platform. So outside the core, that's a way for us to work with them. Okay. 
And then just to give folks a sense of it, if these are public numbers, uh, about how many people actually use Nextdoor Stay here in the, you know, in America, right? So we got yeah. 330 million people roughly. Yeah. I mean, we'll find out pretty soon when the census is done. But what what percentage of the population out there are users? Well, of I Nextdoor can't comment on that. That isn't public numbers. Um, okay. But what you'll see, like a lot of our, our local agencies will see double digit percentage of households in there using Nextdoor uh, in their municipalities. Like some places it's like 80%. It, it sort of depends where you know how long Nextdoor's been there and um, how long it's had a, had a chance to get going. Yeah, so I will say, given the 60-plus public agencies we get a chance to work with, I've certainly seen some numbers that come close to what you're describing. So I know that those numbers exist out there, and you do, as an agency, individually, you get to get some more metrics and insights on how many uh, households in your community are yeah, actually signed absolutely. up for the Nextdoor platform. And I believe as a city government and as a county, I would suspect this is the case too. When you do register your agency uh, for the for the kind of agency partner status, the free version that you were talking about for those agencies, you mm -hmm. would get more metrics to be able to see within your footprint or jurisdiction what your actual coverage is, right? Yes, that's correct. So you'd get metrics on how many Nextdoor members are in your your jurisdiction, city, whatever. You also get metrics on um, how many are in the service area. So if you're a city and you give us your wards, your your ward shape files, or if you're a police department and you give us your district shape files, or and if you're a department of you know public works and you have um, I don't know your your service areas, you would right. get membership by those service areas. We also give you robust metrics around engagement. So you can, for example, do pivot tables through this downloadable CSV file and see how many times did we post into each of these service areas? What was the engagement? What 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 were our highest performing posts? Which of our communicators communicated in the last 30 days and how often, right? So there's, there's real kind of things you can do there. And then those membership numbers are associated in in that line of this of the sheet so you can see like how many people are we reaching what's the engagement rate per service area what's the engagement rate per post that kind of thing but that's typically beyond what you know the city manager wants to know like are we reaching folks are there folks right, right? are our important messages getting out there one of the things that i i, I want to make sure we cover here is next is a communications platform and you can geo target your messages but what i think is a really big opportunity and this is going to be more and more important as as we look to the future here is Nextdoor is primarily a community building platform, right? We bring neighbors together, we allow neighbors to communicate with each other, and government can communicate into those neighborhoods and have conversations. But as we think about you know what's happening with budgets and the challenges we're facing, you know, years and years ago when Gov20 and O'Reilly started talking about it, and there was the Gov20 summit in 2007, 2008, back early on when I was starting my career in this space. You know, we were talking about government as a platform, right? And that, that that's true. But what I think we're going to start seeing is we need our residents, our citizens to do more, right? Like I just, I read last night that Cuomo is starting a, a public health corps and he's encouraging people to be educated in just like different health initiatives, right? What else can we do for each other? What else do citizens have to do for each other, right? So I was doing a training earlier this morning for an agency. And I said three things about the communications. Tell people what's happening. Tell people what you're doing about it. Tell people what they can do to help. And I think if agencies start thinking about, because neighbors are already connected to each other, what do you want them to be doing for each other? How can they 
you know, build resilience in their community or help populations that are struggling with the resources they have or the time that they have, right? Years ago, I did this project on the East Coast called Snow Crew. And um, every time it snowed, we had 7,000 volunteers that would go out and shovel neighbors in need, right? That, that maybe seemed like a cute, simple act. But what happens when somebody gets shoveled out, they can get to the food store, right? They can get to work. They can get to the mailbox to get their social security check, right? That keeps those folks stabilized. The shoveling was a beautiful act, but the the act itself lent to stabilization, which is really important, especially these days, right? So I wanted to introduce this early on because we think about communications, like there's there's sort of the air game, public affairs, the ground game, you know, getting things done. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the, I think some of our, there, there's all of it's important, right? But if we think about the community building and the resilience that already is happening on the platform, if you can tap into that and direct it with some really smart communications. We can really kind of head off and like whatever that is, whether you're caring about stabilizing or whatever that matters at, at the executive level, there's something very powerful to be done because it, based on what I've seen, you know, Nextdoor allows you to reach a lot of people in specific places, whether that's in your whole city or an area. And if you direct your communications towards action or behavioral change, that matters right now, like maybe more than ever, right? Yeah. We're actually seeing some really cool things like in the city of Boston, um, they're using Nextdoor and they're posting a set of polls every month and they're comparing the difference. And the questions are, you know, do you intend to patronize restaurants or use Uber or how likely are you to get your hair cut? And they're measuring that trend line across the neighborhoods, which are basically indicators, right? This, I don't know that it's statistically significant, but it's giving them real data that people are feeling or what they're doing. So whatever the problem is that you're thinking about or whatever's keeping you up at night, if you're suggesting those actions to take or using polls on the platform to gather sort of that sentiment or those indicators, that's super powerful. And you really can't do that on any other platform, right? So to kind of recap what I've been saying, Nextdoor is inherently a community building platform and there's resilience dividends, right? The power of Nextdoor for public agencies is reaching lots of people, especially in specific places. And to really take your comms to the next level, it's, I think personally, it's about getting the important messages out and you know, encouraging those people to take actions or change behaviors or do things for their neighbors. Um, because we need that right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I guess one observation I would make at the risk of getting too philosophical is that ultimately there is not enough government to solve every problem in the world. Like at the end of the day, society solves problems. People solve solve problems. And government is an element of the overall solution. But, um, you know, I, government can't just magically show up and fix everything. That just that it doesn't work that way. We depend upon society and individual actions by individuals to make good choices or contribute to the greater good in order to achieve some of the social outcomes that we all hope to see. So, um, if uh, Nextdoor can be helpful in both fomenting that sense of that spirit of helping out your neighbors and interacting with your neighbors, and at the same time provide a platform for government to help maybe direct or give some suggestions on how neighbors can affect positive change, then, you know, that's a great win. I And I can see how uh, tapping into that and being helpful with it and collaborating with your community is going to be super important. We see that. We certainly see that at, at Trapepe Smith and the work we do with cities. Yeah. Um, so you just briefly touched on the fact that you had a life before Nextdoor. So for our audience, could just a little bit of background on yourself before you worked at Nextdoor? Yeah, sure. So 
my my sort of foray into the government state space started in 2004 in Boston. Uh, There's a lot of violent crime in the neighborhood I lived in called Jamaica Plain. Um, and, you know, one, my roommate and another neighbor one day were mugged at gunpoint and pistol whipped. And um, I'd never really worried about my safety. I'm a pretty big guy and people tend to cross the street when I walk down it. So, um, you know, a, a, a side point there. But the... I found out that there was tons of crime in the neighborhood and um, essentially I reached out to the neighborhood watching it, Boston police. I'm like, Hey, what's going on here? They're like, thank God you called. We need to get neighbors together. Neighbors need to know each other. We want to host a meeting. Um, And so I wound up um, getting a bunch of flyers, passing them out and a whole bunch of people came to the meeting and I was a DJ in college. So I really know how to promote. So 90 people showed up and the police department was like, oh, my God, what happened here? I'm like, I just talked to a lot of people and handed out 500 flyers. Right. And what we learned were what we learned was like people were being mugged. People's homes were being broken into and no one was calling 9-11. Right. So short story, I wound up being recruited to work for the Boston Police Department and brought some of my what I call the coalition organizing model and organized groups of neighbors to come together. For whatever reason, you know, it depended on the neighborhood, why they came together, but got them communicating, helped them stay in touch and connected them, you know, to the neighborhood services coordinator, to, you know, inspectional services, to the police department, to the fire department, to all the neighbors that would serve them. And so short story is did that for a couple of years and wound up using the Ning platform to build a prototype social network that brought neighbors together in the neighborhoods and all the basically those same folks using the platform to communicate <coughs> So that's the work that led me to the Gov2O Summit. I was presenting about this concept I developed. From there, I was picked up by Homeland Security, and I served as the first community engagement strategist um, and ran a social network on border affairs um, and then worked with FEMA to come up with the community.fema.gov, which was the National Preparedness Committee. This was back under PPD8 back in 2013, uh, building preparedness. And then from there... I stood up the professional services division at Gov Delivery, where we worked on engagement um, strategies and plans for um, federal and local government, and then saw Nextdoor growing and raising tons of money. And I'm not the business, you know, venture guy. I'm the guy who cares about engagement and cooperation between neighbors and government and joined the team. And so here I am today as our global public agency lead. That's a really incredible background. Thanks for sharing that. It gives uh, it gives more flavor for some of the insights and observations you're making, particularly given the prior conversation about building resiliency in the community. Um, and so now, tell me about this role, right? So now you're here at uh, at Nextdoor. You've joined this VC-backed firm that had raised a ton of money and is doing a bunch of stuff. What 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 is your job on a date on at this point, or your mission in the role you have today? I have a really fun, amazing job. Um, I work. I'm sort of. I sit in the next door for public agencies team, um, and so I. Over the last couple of years, there's been a, a couple of colleagues of mine, Robbie Turner, who many might know, um, sort of built the base of agencies up. We went out and talked to folks, trained them, got them up and running, worked on the strategy, and so what I do now is I, I work on sort of our our operational strategies in terms of like. What can folks do on the platform, right? And then I support our global teams as they build up their presence in each of the countries. So I take what I learned in the U.S., support those, our country managers and the the, the folks who are heading up agency outreach and kind of share resources, processes, systems, and try and build like efficient efficiencies and impact into the company's operations. Um, 
And one of the things I'm going to be focusing on more this year is doing more thought leadership and sort of sharing some of the amazing things that our partners are doing around the world. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, why don't we segue right into that then? What are you seeing some of your partners do that you think is, is pretty impressive that you'd want to share with our audience? Yeah, you know, I, I want to just touch base on this air game and ground game thing, right? If, if you look at the majority of comms, especially on like Facebook and Twitter, um, you know, there's like, I love, you know, the Facebook Live and um, a, a lot of the general updates. But that's more for like the general population, right? The That's sort of your public affairs game. I'm really interested in, and I have to call myself out, right? Like I'm really just, I, I love the ground game and I think there's a lot of effect there. And in fact, our data on Nextdoor shows that the more hyper-local the conversation and relevant, the greater the engagement, the better the value. And you can argue the stronger the relationships, right? Right. You know, with, with COVID, um, we, we put a lot of our effort on, you know, doing outreach to governors, to um, state emergency management, to departments of health and that kind of stuff. And there's the, the number one theme here is just in, that, that I'm proud of that I, that I see is consistent communication around authoritative, like factual information that that's really, really important. So our partners are doing a really good job of that. On the local side, I see folks posting in specific areas you know, telling people where there's capacity testing is out, but over here there's some, so you can go over here to get your, you know, your COVID test. So they're they're really thinking thoughtfully about what neighbors need to know, and then get like what's happening, what they're doing about it, what the, what actions people can take, right? So directing people to a different direction. Um, we just in December shared a winter safety campaign um, using our poll function. Uh, messages, you know, what you typically see like on Facebook or Twitter, a poll is one question, 10 answers, and people can do things. So questions like, you know, what, what, it, like, how do you, how are you using your, your um, space heater? Like, how is it plugged into the wall? Right. And there's a couple answers and the, the answer is embedded. Um, but, you know, in a, in a state, for example, um, the state of Washington posted a poll about masks, got 35,000 votes, which is incredible. Mm. So polls are incredibly useful to normalize um, um, kind of like a behavior or to like educated mass. Like people don't wake up wondering, like, when was the last time they tested their smoke detectors? Right. Like that is not a fun topic. But yeah. when we came up with that poll, I was working with um, Larry Merritt in Chicago Fire. We we're sitting in his office two years ago, and I'm like, Larry, what's on your mind? He's like, smoke detectors, man. This is like a thing. We just had a couple of fires. If they had had smoke detectors, lives would have been saved. So we wrote this poll. It's since been shared, you know, thousands of times by different agencies. But when he did it, 900 people responded, and there was all these fun comments, like every time I cook, so on and so forth. Like, oh my god, I haven't thought about my smoke detectors, right? So polls really break through apathy. Uh, but you can do some really cool things like I described in Boston, right? They're tracking trends over time. They can do that because when you post a poll and you have shape files imported into Nextdoor, you can download the poll results and see them by service area. Mm. In this case, it was the neighborhoods of Boston, right? And then they take that data and track it over time so they can see how things are changing. Um, we also see departments like the um, Will, um, is it Will? Yeah, Will County, Illinois. Um, worked with Allison Anderson, who's their deputy director. Uh, about a year ago, we posted a series of polls around, do you have a NOAA weather radio? Do you have, you know, three days of food, three days of water? Like all the things that were sort of a priority for her residents to know. And then we did a poll afterwards asking, 
which of the following actions have you taken based on our recommendations? And so she got a sense of the behavioral change or the adoption of those actions people have taken, which is really, really cool, right? Like one of the things like with NEMA, the State Emergency Management Association, I was I was on the preparedness committee last year and the state directors are struggling with like, how do we measure preparedness? How do we measure that incremental progress? And polls are an awesome way to do that, right? Like you can post a poll, do some education and ask specifically, what have you done since we, right? So another example of that is the Maryland Insurance Administration did a poll, um, I think it asked, like, did you know that uh, your homeowner's insurance likely doesn't cover flooding? Something along those lines. And 18 or 20 percent of Marylanders who responded, there's a couple thousand of them said no. Right. I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then so she posted like, hey, what are your questions about this? And she got like 300 answers. She's like, oh, my God, Joseph, I'm going to be working for the rest of like the <laughs> yeah, month. Careful, careful what you request. Right. But that was like an unlock for her. Right she discovered that there was a huge gap of what people knew and the actions they could take. And a couple of years ago, uh, it was either, I think it was Brock. Yeah, Brock Long was an administrator of FEMA. And one of their big things was getting people to have insurance coverage, right? Because of all the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And people didn't have the right insurance. They didn't know how to read their, you know, the insurance, I forgot what it's called. The statement or whatever. They're right, their policies. Read their and, insurance policy. Yeah, like I, I didn't realize they didn't have like the water backup thing. But it was because she asked those questions, right? So, like, if we think about, like, all the hazards that people face, there's there's nuances, right? Federal government just wants you to go to ready.com and read these things. That That's okay, right? That generally works. But the, the messages need to be tailored. Like, I, I live on the water in Annapolis. And because of my work with FEMA, my house is 20.7 feet above sea level. I know to look, right? But, like, there's the kinds of things you can prompt based on the geography, based on the season or based on what people are facing. And one of the things too, and I have like a strategy when I give keynotes, and one of the key strategies is respect people's intellects, right? A lot of the communications I think are very kind of broad, which I guess sort of fits into the the consum- like general consumption thing. But if we want people to take actions and we wanna measure those actions, coming back to my point, my point about the state emergency directors, wanting to be able to measure the preparedness actions. You got to be specific in what you prescribe and what you do, and you got to be specific in your ask to assess those indicators of behavioral change, right? And that's like a theme I've been seeing, and I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Uh, how would you just say Nextdoor is unique among social media platforms, right? Because some of the features we're talking about here, some of the, cha- the very channels we were just talking about with moderation, that's certainly been something that Twitter has been addressing. It's something that... Um, uh, f- Facebook has been addressing. It's something that was used as the reason for why uh, uh, Parler was a, was deplatformed. So, you know, you are in this space of social media um, uh, with a different angle, but I'd love to hear your take on, on that, right? Uh, I think it starts with our, our, our core mission, right? And our purpose to create a neighborhood people can rely on. Um, and one of the main differentiators is next door members are verified residents of your community, right? So, before, if I were to join Nextdoor right now, I would type in my address, put in my name, and that can happen, happen through like geo-targeting on the platform or a postcard can be sent to my house with a little code. If it comes through the mailbox, I punch it in on the app or the web. We know I live there, right? So I'm a verified resident. We have really strict community guidelines about people being neighborly and helpful to each other, right? And we manage actively against those guidelines. We talked about 
you know, those community reviewers responding to their neighbors' posts on agency posts that's that's coming out. And it also happens to neighbors between neighbor and neighbor conversations, right? So there's this army of folks, folks helping to, to manage that process. We also have a huge team internally to help manage the integrity if it gets to the point where they need to get involved, right? Um, the second thing for government that's really important to know is that the audience is auto-subscribed to their posts. So if you have 20,000 people in your city on Nextdoor, those are 20,000 reachable Nextdoor members. They don't have to like, they don't have to fan, and they don't have to subscribe to your communications. They will automatic, They automatically have the ability to see them, right? And so for many agencies, you know, when you start with Facebook or Twitter, you've got to spend so much time playing their engagement game and pumping content all the time to right. earn an audience on Nextdoor, it grows automatically, right? So you you can focus your time on creating thoughtful, locally relevant communications instead of trying to build your audience, right? If you post thoughtful, locally relevant communications, your audience will in fact grow faster, right? It adds value to the platform. So it's 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 more it's more efficient. Your reach is more dense, and your impact. Um, is deeper on Nextdoor as, as a way I would describe that, right? And you're serving the tax-paying residents of your community. Now, one thing to understand is we're not like Twitter where, you know, if, if, if we're, like I heard, I forgot the, the rep from Twitter. I loved her, her uh, one of her talks when she's like, Twitter's where you post stuff and information gets out to everyone, everyone super fast, right? Nextdoor is not that. It, we, we're not helping you reach you know, your visitors, the, the media, unless they live in the neighborhood or, or businesses right now. Right. It's a residential engagement, customer service, increased satisfaction and trust platform, essentially, right? And so we do that very, very well. But I think it is important to know that, that that's got to be your outcome or your objectives you're expecting. That's the audience where we play. Yeah. And that's pretty consistent with the advice we give to clients. I mean, it was over the years we've watched Nextdoor continue to increase audience share um, uh, among the agencies we do communications work with. And I, I think uh, what we're generally at the point now is recommending like within the priority of um, platforms to be on to communicate with your residents, we put Facebook and Nextdoor on par with each other in terms of priority, even though Facebook may have broader market penetration with number of signed up users and whatnot. Again, you don't, you didn't disclose what your sign up rate is. So I can't, you know, I can't do an apples to apples comparison, but I'm going to assume there's a relatively higher number of Facebook users out there. I would um, double check that assumption. Often oh. we hear from our partners that it's not the case. There are some there are some places where it's much higher, but on average, what I'm seeing is there are more, so there's two components to this. There's the number of people that you can reach, and then you have to look at the engagement rate. If you look at the engagement rate on Nextdoor and compare, like the average engagement rate on Facebook is like what, one to 3%, something's viral, it's like a gajillion percent, that's awesome. But like on Nextdoor, the engagement rate of, the average engagement rate of your posts will be double digit and much higher, right? Especially if you wanna geo-target that message. Like it's, yes. you can't compare apples to apples because there's different nuances there, right? Correct. So that, and that's where I guess the apples to apples I was specifically referencing is just like sheer number of people who could theoretically see a post or or, or subscribe or could see that content who live within again a, a given geographic footprint. Um, and but the big difference that I know with uh, that I know with our clients on Nextdoor is to your point, there's an auto subscribe, right? So as a public agency, uh, you don't have to worry about building up your like following audience. You simply have that audience available, and then the throttling for the percentage of of um, 
people who are within that audience is a much higher uh, percentage rate demo, uh, kind of news feed for Nextdoor than it is for Facebook, where we typically are seeing like five or seven percent of our like audience even seeing a post that we're doing as a public or as a as a public agency. But my sense is with Nextdoor, it's a much higher than seven percent of yes. the subscribers in a given city or, or users in a city are going to see that public agency post. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, too, I would I would say to folks is we're seeing some of our partners closing comments. Comments are really important because it provides signal to our algorithms to show that post to more people. And I, I often use this example. It's like going to a community meeting and not taking questions. Guess how many people are going to keep showing up? Much right. less. Right. So people want to have that conversation. They want to have that dialogue. They have questions they need answered. Yeah, agreed. And I think um, along those lines, you, you referenced some tools to make it easier to manage those engagements and manage that process. I think that's one of the big things that's that. Um, intimidates public agencies to use the next door because it's another platform for them to manage another set of comments to be responsive to and the you know it can take 40 minutes to assemble thoughts get your data right and do a posting on a particular subject on next door but then you could end up spending three hours four hours responding to comments and being engaging which is uh, important to do i think we both recognize the power of engagement and the message it sends to your community when you're actually a responsive government agency but then that's where you know that's clearly like that can become 75 80 percent of the entire workload is just responding to comments so um, having tools to help manage that or, or sometimes in our case, we get hired to help manage that so the public agency doesn't have to handle that all in-house. Yeah, is, we get, uh, is a big we get part a lot of the input from folks about that, for sure. Yeah. So what what is it you wish every public agency knew about communicating on the Nextdoor platform, right? Like, like if you could just tell them three things that you want them to understand fundamentally, what would those three things be? Uh, number one, you can reach a ton of people in specific places, right? Like if there's, if you look at the city and there's an area of your city, there's something going on and you need to let those neighbors know because our engagement rate is much higher. It, that matters in general, but to reach more people in a specific place, Nextdoor has got to be your go-to platform for that. Um, number two, don't just keep people informed, give them actions that you want them to take or behaviors you want them to change. Um, and then number three is let your community give you input and drive what you're posting, right? Like I often see, I hear from people, well, I'm not sure what to do or I'm not sure what to communicate. Ask your residents, right? Like, hey, is, I've been communicating about these three things. Am I missing something? Is there something else you want me to hear more or less of it? Do you need more detail? Like uh, back, you know, from our story earlier, you know, I, I was essentially doing a lot of organizing and community building in my neighborhood, right? I... I was successful because I helped convene the will of my neighbors, right? And I empowered other people to facilitate things to happen. And so when we, a lot of communications, especially on the public affairs side, or if there's an objective you're trying to attain, coming back to that ground game, like serve the needs, the will of your, your community and know that you're serving it by asking them, like, Am I giving you everything you want me to cover, right? I've been right. doing these things. Is there something else? Would you like me to prioritize, you know, posting about these things over that or whatever it is? And have that be like a an iterative process. Like once a quarter, you ask that question. I think that's really important, right? I touched on that strategy earlier, respecting people's intellects. Give them a chance to give you some information, right? Ask them for feedback on your communications. Yeah, interesting. Um, you've also, uh, you've made the point there about just, 
the geotargeting capability. And, and earlier in this conversation, you were talking about the shapefiles and the ability to implement shapefiles to actually create your own kind of zones in a city, right? Whatever they may be. Do you have a, Do you have any data on how, what percentage of agencies have actually implemented that feature? Because it's a little esoteric to say the least. And we've talked about it with some of our clients as well. Uh, maybe one or two have actually implemented it. And it's not because it's a bad feature. I think it's just technically complex, but the benefits are can be huge. Like, you know, for right now, I'm thinking we have a uh, client we're working with right now that's doing a massive capital improvement project. Um, and it happens to be, uh, it's a levy. And so it, like, it's, it has a very, it's affecting the whole community, no doubt. But there's a particularly a neighborhood that runs all right along, you can imagine the edge where the levy is, right? But that's not mm -hmm. a, like that's a perfect custom shape file to basically say all the houses that are within 300 yards or 200 yards of that levy construction, we mm -hmm. want to create a shape file so we can basically just nail that one audience with very specific communications about what's going on mm -hmm. for maybe noise issues or things like that. So just a broad example, I, I share that example more for our audience to think about the uniqueness of some of the projects they have going on and why shape files would be helpful. I guess I'll, I'll return back to the question to you, which is, are people actually taking advantage of that? And, and what's the barrier to them doing it? Um, a bunch of folks are. I yep. don't. I haven't looked at that number, but I would say the majority of the large cities I work with do it. Yeah. Um, the, the majority of our states we work with have counties or like their health district areas or whatever in, involved there. Something we didn't talk about real quick that's important is you can assign communicators. So like in Indianapolis, uh, a couple of years ago, when we got them up and running, neighborhood coordinators were assigned to communicate with the next door members within those shapefiles. So if you got east, west, you know, north and south coordinators, you give them access only to communicate with those folks, mm -hmm. right? So that allows for more sort of like personalized, locally relevant communications, um, which I think is really cool. But the shapefiles also give you the ability to download poll results and get engagement data by those service areas, right? You can also do that by next door neighborhoods, but sometimes the next door neighborhoods don't match right. geography for a city, right? So it, depend, it depends on the sophistication. Um, yeah. We, and I was just going to say, so we've had some cities, you know, where we go in and they're kind of like wondering how the heck these neighborhoods even get created like they don't align necessarily with their their perspective on what the city is in fact that might be something if you know the answer that would be interesting just as a side note I, you know our response is well that might be the case but we could always come up with your own shape files create your own neighborhood profiles and treat yeah. it the way the city typically does right and so that's what the city of boston did so there's yeah. next door neighborhoods which tend to be chunks like in jamaica plain um there's like five neighborhoods in boston that make up the sections of jamaica plain but the city calls it Jamaica Plain. So the city gave us their neighborhood shape files so they can download the data in ways that were meaningful to them and not be confined to the neighbor defined neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, do you know how they, how Nextdoor creates the initial neighborhood layouts in, in oh, community? Gosh. So years ago, um, it was input from the community. Some cities had them published. We use those if they were published and available. Um, but, you know, all the neighborhoods have been mapped around the country mostly by the neighbors and we have a team that helped adjust those neighborhood boundaries and that kind of stuff i i don't fully it's almost been eight years but i can't remember the full details <laughs> eight years is forever in uh in technology history man so you know I, I can empathize. i can empathize um all right and then let's uh let's kind of bring this home with just a final conclusion so we're going to have um members of our audience who are going to want to just get more information want to know how to stay informed how to 
uh, tap into resources of Nextdoor, either their current agencies that are using it or they're contemplating using it and they want to learn some more about the Nextdoor platform. Yeah. So um, just what resources exist for public agency staff to stay abreast of changes in the platform or for communicators or city managers from smaller towns, how are they, how do they best kind of learn more about the platform capabilities and, and uh, new feature sets and whatnot that you guys are going to be rolling out? Yeah, sure. So if you're a partner, we're going to send you an email. You can also go to the agency community. You can get there on the left side navigation and just click on agency community um, for folks interested in learning about Nextdoor. Simply go to nextdoor.com forward slash agency and all that information is right on that landing page for you. All right. Dead simple. Well, Joseph, I appreciate you joining us today. That's today's report. My thanks to Joseph for joining us. From the whole public CEO team and myself, Ryder Todd Smith, thank you for your time. Take care, neighbors. We hope you learned something new and inspiring that'll help you in your public service. Remember, Public CEO has a daily newsletter that is free to those who sign up at publicceo.com. If you have feedback, questions, or guest suggestions for Public CEO Report, please email alex at publicceo.com.